Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. This is Darren Doctorman, and we are the Inglorious Trexperts. See, I thought it was a classic femme fatale. Just so much fun. Like that Shakespearean lace in your acting. I said, Gene, what do you want from this character? I want you to just take the character and make it your own. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good time on the film. On day one, the movie was already $15 million over budget. We started this movie without an ending. That's like painting yourself into a corner. I don't think we've ever had a Star Trek oh, captain on our true. show. Being, as you said, number one of the, on the call sheet, it is a producer's position if you're going to take it seriously. I was so glad they didn't cast me as Lorca. <laughs> <laughs> you famously wrote that script in 12 days. On one level, I wrote the script. And on another level, the story was written by everybody and sure. his brother. New episodes every Saturday, wherever you listen to podcasts, or download the Electric Now app. Keep on trekking. Ingloriously, of course. Inglorious Trexperts, the only podcast for fans with a life, is available every Friday, wherever you listen to podcasts, and on the free Electric Now app. Download it today. If you felt a great disturbance in the force, you're not wrong. My new book, Secrets of the Force, is now available in hardcover, digital, and audio from St. Martin's Press. And check out my other great oral histories with Ed Gross of Star Trek, The 50-Year Mission, So Say We All, The Complete Oral History of Battlestar Galactica, and Nobody Does It Better, The Complete Oral History of James Bond and Spymania, all available in hardcover, paperback, digital, and audio wherever you buy your books. Sundays on Electric Now. Tune in to the official Leverage Redemption After Show, a very distinctive podcast with me, Yel Teagle, and my co-host, Felicia Michelle. Each week, we'll be breaking down another episode of Leverage Redemption. Plus, we've got exclusive interviews with the stars, as well as some games, and we'll even be showing off some amazing fan art. So after you watch Leverage Redemption on IMDb TV, you'll definitely want to join us here to catch all the Easter eggs and behind-the-scenes fun. The official Leverage Redemption After Show, a very distinctive podcast. Sundays on Electric Now. If you like listening to this podcast, you'll love watching us on Electric Now, the free video streaming app featuring video versions of all your favorite Electric Surge podcasts, along with full seasons of The Librarians, Leverage, the exclusive Leverage Redemption After Show, as well as Flash Gordon serials, hysterical comedy specials, and much more. Download it today from your favorite app store or watch us on Roku, Stir, DistroTV, Zumo, Sling, or Plex. Captain's Log, Stardate 3018.2. Crewman Jackson is dead. Captain Kirk, there is a curse on your ship. Temperature, sir. It keeps rising. We're burning up, sir. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And this is Darren Doctorman. And this is the Trexperts Briefing Room. Wow. We're back, Darren. We're back. <laughs> We've been gone from the briefing room for a while. We've been on a landing party mission. I won't say a wait team because landing party is what they called it on the original series. Landing party is our, is our generation. Yeah. So we were on a landing party mission. We got stranded. It took <laughs> us a while to make contact. The Enterprise was out of contact for a while with us. And uh, because they were following orders, they were, yeah, exactly. They circled <laughs> back, and we were we fortunately had managed to keep ourselves alive, even in the the, the, the freezing cold temperatures that we were stranded in. We were like Mr. Sulu, we were and the rocks with our hand face. That's right. And so the, the the Enterprise swung around, picked us up just in time for Halloween, that's and for right. us to do the second season episode Cat's Paw, which uh, which debuted. On October 27th, 1967, 
uh, the first and I, I guess you could say last time that Star Trek really did a holiday episode. Yeah. I mean, some people consider Generations a Christmas movie. I do not. Um, I, I consider no. it more like, um, uh, I don't know, what's the anniversary of crap? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but then, uh, you know, I, 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 and, you know, uh, some people, I always got a kick out of the fact that for St. Patrick's Day, WPIX in New York would play Up the Long Ladder, you know, which is the one where the Irish people are like on the ship in, in, in the shuttle bay with the pigs and the agriculture and all that stuff. Terrible episode. It's, it's dreadful. I know. But that, you know, so and then, of course, Thanksgiving. Yes, you know, Thanksgiving is Charlie X. It's Charlie X because uh, they're actual turkeys in the uh, real, real turkeys. Yeah. But but the only real holiday episode of Star Trek was Cat's Paw, which uh, was made to, to debut for Halloween. Uh, I, I, honestly, I, I haven't done any research, so I don't know if it helped the ratings or not um, uh, that week. You know, if it was able to capitalize on, on Halloween the way that our friend uh, Kirk Thatcher's wonderful uh, Muppets uh, Halloween uh, special is done for Disney Plus. Muppets Haunted Mansion. Yeah, it's awesome. It's great. Yeah, uh, it's, I, I, it's not as good as the Muppets holiday. The uh, Muppets, the Muppets, but uh, but I, I do I do love it, and we're very excited for Kirk, who's getting a lot of attention yeah. for his exploits. Yep, not as much attention as that other Kirk got for his exploits uh, in space. But um, <laughs> I, I have to tell you, I don't know if you saw, but uh, you know, obviously uh, George Decay was taking some pot shots at Bill, which we. Which we've talked about on the mothership on Inglorious Treasures. The latest is Brian Cox and Joan Collins, of all people, were what? taking pot shots. Now that really upset me. I don't, I, you know, obviously a lot of these happen when, uh, when people who are running websites want to get the blurbs that uh, is clickbait and uh, that happens and they, they specifically seek out these responses. Well, you know what my response was? Edith Keeler must die. Anyway, I'm kidding. Edith, it's a joke. Remember, Edith Keeler was wrong. <laughs> About so many things. Those <laughs> <laughs> no. Nazis aren't so bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's we, we, time we for a movement in America. Absolutely. Wrong. Yeah. yeah, wrong. Wrong. And then, of course, you know, Brian Cox can take it. All you got to do is tell him to fuck off. So, um, anyway, um, by the way, are you a Succession fan? Are you a fan of Succession? I have, never, I have never watched it. I hear it's good, but I've never watched it. Great. And the third season premiere was fantastic. And uh, I, I uh, can't say enough good things about that show. You know what else I've been, I've been re-watching? I've been doing a rewatch on The Sopranos. Oh, yeah. Well, The Sopranos is great. It's still great. It's still great. Um, First season isn't as great as I remember it. But then it really hits its stride. It's a slow so burn. Good. It's a slow burn in the first season. It's but not even the- that. You know, it's the same thing a lot of these HBO shows have. Before they have the acclaim, you know, they have a lower budget and, you know, they show their seams. And then, you know, as soon as they become a cultural touchstone, the network starts to lavish money and time on them. And mm. they have longer writer's rooms and longer time between seasons. And the, the shows really tend to get pretty awesome. I was a little disappointed by Many Saints of Newark. Me too. Um, I was really looking forward to that. I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't that. And you know, it's kind of very schizophrenic. Yeah. You know, just as it starts to explore an interesting subplot, um, it, it, it disappears. It stops. Yeah. I, I mean, the whole thing about the Newark riots and, and sort of Bumpy Johnson and the rise of the, you know, um, uh, you, you know, basically um, African-Americans taking back the numbers racket from the sure. Italian. Oh, like that was really interesting. Absolutely. And it just goes nowhere. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, 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 and Lamar Odom, you know, so good. And yeah. um, I don't know. And, and, and it's weird. It's so bifurcated between yeah. young Tony and old Tony. Cause I think the young Tony stuff was the most uninteresting part of the whole thing. Yeah. 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 I thought it, Andrew Navola was really good, but then he's so loathsome, yeah. you know, when he kills his dad. And then uh, obviously when he kills the, the dad's wife, spoiler alert, um, because, you know, he's so likable for a lot of it. Yeah. There's a lot of killing going on. 
A lot, lot of killing going on. And then, you know, as much as it was fun to see young Paulie Walnuts and young, uh, um, uh, um, uh, young Sylvie, Silva, Sylvia, Sylvie, Silva, Silvio, young Silvio. Somewhere. It, it was, it was almost like a Saturday Live caricature. Yeah. Of them. That, that's exactly what it was like. It was very, you know? very odd. Yeah. Um, oh, well. Yeah. But, but, you know, a, a noble effort. It looked good. Yeah. It's no um, Godfather 2. But at least no. it's driving for something. Yeah, I, 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 absolutely. Okay, but we're going to talk about <laughs> Cat's Paw, um, the Halloween episode of the original Star Trek second season. Um, not a great episode by any means. No, no. Um, but it's, it's, you know, even the even the less, the substandard Star Trek episodes are still entertaining. It's wildly entertaining. That that is true. So uh, now, with any further uh, ado, we are going to count down so you can pull this up on Amazon, Paramount Plus, not Netflix, or preferably on your uh, beautiful CBS uh, uh, Blu-ray. You know, you can watch it with the original effects or the remastered effects. Uh, either way, you're in for a treat, as uh, because it really is the cat's pajamas, uh, ready for episode seven. The cat's um, pajamas. The cat's paw pajamas, exactly. So uh, we're going to count down. Five, four, three, two, one, engage. There she is, the big E. Nice little insert shot. Don't see those a lot. I'll keep it open. It's funny, I don't even remember why they're here. It's been a long time since I've watched this episode. Since the first check-in. Scott and Sulu should have contacted us again a half an hour ago. They have nothing to report. Yeah, that's true. They got no lines either. I mean, <laughs> no this, this, lines. They, they don't really appear in this episode. It's funny. It really backs up uh, Shatner's contention that uh, George was a sort of glorified extra. I mean, he literally has no lines in this episode. Yeah. One to beam up, Enterprise. And it's interesting. Jackson's voice in here is not the actor that beams up. Uh, I don't. Yeah, know I guess he wasn't it. available to do ADR. No. But the actor who does play Jackson on the, the transporter is a stuntman who was uh, the, I guess the, I guess the person who played the, the dead knight in. Uh, oh, in Shirley. In Shirley. Can I just say how much I love this cue? I love this cue. They, you know, just such, oh, so great. I believe it's from uh, Friday's Child. Yeah, it's so great. It's such a great cue. Yeah, yeah. Remember, this was the first episode of the second season shot, but they held it for Halloween. Right, right. Uh-oh. Oh, no. This Jack. means trouble. The man is dead. Well, then we don't have you to pay him. <laughs> Can you hear me? Now, that voice is, of course, uh, Theo Marcus. Yeah, who, it's uh, a real tragic story, Carl. of course. Yep. Theo uh, died a, a month after uh, this episode aired um, in a horrible car accident. Really sad, but, you know, he lives on. He lives forever, thanks yep. to Star Trek. And there's, uh, we'll, we'll get into it when we finally see him, but there's some debate as to which came first, uh, Korob in his, uh, in his uh, sort of gown dressing, or Gilligan in an episode of Gilligan's Island, who wore the same thing. I know it's so funny, right? Uh, it's, it was used in both the episodes, Which and the question first, is, what was it first made for? Is mm -hmm. yeah, we'll talk about it when we see it. Yeah, where no man has gone before. It does have a uh, William Wyatt Tice quality to it. So, uh, my feeling is it was Star Trek, but that you know, I think it aired on Gilligan's first. Yeah, I you know, it's it's one of those things that sort of could just have been gotten from the Western costume uh, bin. Could be. Uh, could be. Like all those but, other garments who were in the, which were in the uh, Ten Commandments and things like that. Now, welcome DeForest Kelly to the That's opening right. credits. He, he finally gets a, a in-front credit. And well-deserved. There is no original Star Trek without the Kelly. It's Paul. Here we have uh, Robert Block. This is actually loosely based on a story he did for Super Sci-Fi Magazine called Broomstick Ride. Right. Uh, but uh, like many of the writers, especially the big sci-fi writers, um, he was rewritten numerous times uh, by both the... 
DC Fontana, Gene Kuhn, Gene Roddenberry. He hit for the trifecta. <laughs> but um, he, he knew what he was in for. He had already done uh, episodes of Star Trek before with What a Little Girl's Made of the first season. Sure. Here we are on the standard uh, planet set with the uh, rock wall and rock floor that they just roll out onto the uh, stage floor. There's no bodies of water. But, you know, spooky. I mean, again, this is uh, 1967 and, you know, television wasn't doing, uh, you know, American Horror Story yet. I I make no quality judgment. I'm just saying that this is what they did. And, uh, you know, soon we're going to have the the witches from Macbeth appear. And uh, look, uh, the smoke machine is working overtime here. Uh, It looks great, though. At least 60 bucks for that. So, God knows what was in it back then. <laughs> Probably very poisonous uh, uh, oils. I mean, even now when you're on a set and you're you're breathing in all that smoke, it, it doesn't 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 feel great. Yeah, I mean the the rules are a little stricter now on this kind of stuff, but uh, it, they they used to not be, and it, that stuff is terrible. And if you breathed it, you would feel very very sick. What are the ship's sensors reading now? By the way, uh, Darren, I have to say I'm really looking forward. There's uh, Mr. Leslie in his final episode. Physical impulses from the three of them. Uh, it's funny, when you watch these in um, that's syndication that's out of order. Uh, that's what I meant, Mr. LaSalle. I'm sorry, I stand corrected. Um, but what's so interesting about um, this is that uh, when you watch the syndication, you know, it, it felt like these people were almost semi-regulars. They felt right. like they were on the show all the time. But actually, when you watch in order, you realize how little Mr. Kyle, Mr. LaSalle, Mr. What did I say? This uh, Mr. Sissal. Of this course, this Mr. Sissal. No, we're, we're in. The, we're actually in the show. Yeah. You know, Benga. You know, they, these are characters that you you feel like were almost recurring, and they were barely in the show. This looks great. Look at Jerry Finnerman, What he gives yeah. us here. The yeah. Little smokes up the set. Um, it's a very small set, as we know. Uh, the the you know the swing set for uh, the original Star Trek was not a big stage, um, and. Uh, and they always make it look great. Yeah. Here comes some high-pitched wailing. Yeah, according to the closed captioning. Not, not like the wailing that we see in Star Trek Four. No, different kind of whales. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I, I, Darren, I just, I, I, I just want to say, do you know what the highest-rated? Now, this was supposed to be. What's interesting about this? They were supposed to be like severed heads, floating heads, but. Um, uh, you know, that's why they have them sort of in these black turtlenecks because right. the idea was it would fade into the background. Never quite does it. You could kind of tell, you know, they were fell into the gap. It just looks that they're all dressed like Steve Jobs. <laughs> yeah. One more thing. <laughs> I mean, again, super goofy. This is when people talk about the quote unquote campiness of the original series. This is sort of what they're talking about. But look at how our actors play this. Right. I buy it. I believe it. It doesn't feel campy to me. It feels like uh, menacing and, and malevolent. Well, and, and they react the same way we do. They're, they're going, what the heck is this? This is stupid. What's happening? Yeah. Well, it's so interesting. Again, not to give away anything. And if I do, well, why haven't you seen this episode before? Right. But um, the fact that they they think trick-or-treat somehow is what really scares right. Um humanity right. and so they're using all the tropes of Halloween you know and expecting it to terrify them when in fact it's just leaving them incredulous right almost laughing at it so yeah I, very bad poetry captain right. I mean clearly uh, you know a lot of this is Gene Kuhn you know having having a giggle as they say with some right. of this however on azimuth Nimoy's uh, prop handling ability so I, I just want to say I don't know if you call it ratings, you know, downloads on podcasts and things like that. But, you know, Trek's First Briefing Room has been around for, you know, a little under a year. You know what the highest rated episode is right now, or most downloaded? Uh, what? And we've had some wonderful guests, both us and Peter, and at least I've had some terrific guests on, like Denise and recently M. Willis from Lower Decks and uh, Aaron Waltke from uh, Prodigy. Uh, the biggest downloaded episode is our commentary on Spock's brain. Nice. Yeah, well, as it should be. That's good to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's why we're aboard her. Now that could change, but right now it's <laughs> the, the most uh, downloaded episode. Uh, 
So congratulations, Darren. Thanks very much. Anytime. Of course, it doesn't hold a candle to how well Inglorious Trexpert does. I, 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 because I think people don't realize that this is an entirely separate podcast. Oh, it is. Yeah, look well, at that. It seems uh, all the same. Look at the head turn for Bill. Look at look at uh, D. Kelly holding his gun in reverse. Yeah. And now this is a uh, new. They so rarely give him a phaser. This is created for the um, uh, uh, new effect for yeah. by uh, Dave Rossi and the team of the Kudas. Yeah, Max um, Gable did the matte painting on that, and it looks lovely. As, as we've said before, all the matte paintings on the um, remastered project all look great. Yeah. The question... Enterprise, come in. Doing it, why it was done, and you can question some of the uh, the other effects, but there's no question that the, the matte work is first rate. Have anything to do with communicator interference? I would say not, Kef. And there is something nice about not repeating the same four matte paintings Absolutely. that the original had to do by necessity. Absolutely. But it's interesting how, how really nothing happens in this, uh, in the first, you know, quarter of the episode. It's really all, nothing it's has happened. We know Sulu and Scotty are missing. Yeah. Presumably we, we, we should care. care. We don't care. <laughs> and, oh, that, uh, that, that shot of Kirk was uh, a still that they used on a lot of stuff. Like I think on the uh, on the uh, color forms box, <laughs> and they just keep pouring that smoke in. Yeah, smoke it up, bring in the, bring in, <laughs> bring in first team. <laughs> I think uh, I think this is uh, this was redressed for uh, Trelane's castle. Certainly, it wouldn't surprise me. This is a redress of Trelane's castle. Yeah. Is what yeah. you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think so. Or it was probably a flat, you know, uh, that they've used on other Paramount. Oh, uh, moved up. Oh, uh, oh, it's a cat. It's a black cat. Not easy to wrangle cats. Uh, no, this is true. And uh, you know, you, you basically just aim the camera at them and hope for the best. Somebody really liked cats back because you know, not only do you have cats in this episode, but of course in Assignment Earth. Sure. Isis is uh, in the shape of a cat. Um, trick or treat on us. Trick or treat, Captain. Why doesn't Spock know what trick or treat is? You would think. Be a natural. <laughs> Shall we have a look around? Did you see? And we recently had on our uh, uh, Glorious Trexpert social media feed the, uh, the the costume, the Ben Cooper costume for Ilya. Yes. Uh, which is hysterical. It's an Ilya mask with a poncho. That has her on. It has it. a picture of Ilya on it. <laughs> it's I, I Star always, Trek the motion picture. Oh my goodness! I always hated those costumes that just had, you know, like the, has a picture of the Hulk on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's not the Hulk. Hulk doesn't show up with a picture of himself on him. Exactly. Look at that wig. I, that wig that is just painful. Wig on, on Walter, it's yeah. terrible. It's the uh, plus he had it on backwards, didn't he? I don't. I don't know what he did, but it's yeah. the Davy Jones special. And I'm not yeah, talking so funny. about the locker. When you talk about reinventing history, this whole idea, oh, we added the character because Pravda said, why isn't there a Russian on the Enterprise? Where it really was just to was, capitalize on the success of the of the monkeys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's part of the magic of uh, Gene Roddenberry rewriting the story as he went along. Yeah. But then, you know, all these a the actors and writers, you know, they've rewritten history. And the problem is a lot of that history you know, is accepted at face value. Right, right. But it's no. up to people like us to set the record straight. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there are very few people at this point who even know the real history, you know, or understand it. And, and, and um, so many people, particularly on the internet, you know, they just republish what they, what's been, the actors say yeah. or what's yeah. been said, not realizing that they're, um, they're know, pushing a false narrative. Yeah. That was one of the, the things, really, that was so important to us about when we wrote 50-Year Mission. Um, to, to really, you know, get the real stories out there and not just buy into the, the BS. Whoops. Yeah, but boy, this, this cat's doing a great job. Yeah. Look at that. Uh, we were going to have the cat as a, a guest on Inglorious Trexperts, uh, but uh, it wanted too much money. <laughs> 
you know, I, I, I should bring in one of our black cats to uh, do commentary, <laughs> see what he thinks about this episode. Of course, this is uh, part of the famous blooper reel uh, that was shot, uh, that had a few scenes from this episode. And uh, as, the, uh, as the guys walk in with their phasers uh, and Kirk is hanging there, uh, he, uh, he reaches down and, uh, and uh, does a baseball scratch and then puts his arm back up in the, uh, in the manacle, which is very funny. And Scotty starts cracking up, which is great. Now, I want to point out, as you said, how far are we into this episode where nothing has happened? Yeah. Yeah. I think we're, we're already, uh, you know, we're certainly past the first uh, uh, commercial break. And uh, we're well into the uh, end of the first act and nothing has happened except, okay, now they're all chained up by something we don't know. Well, I love if you look carefully at Leonard. He's holding on to the... Um uh, 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 the chain. You know, the chain, because his hand would easily slide He's out of that radical. Yeah. Yeah. knew what it was that terrifies man most on an instinctive level. Right. <laughs> I, I mentioned this on uh, on Twitter, but uh, I was interviewed for the news about Shatner's space flight. Yeah. And they asked me, well, do you think that uh, Mr. Spock will go next? And I said, well, that'll be uh, very difficult because Leonard passed away, you know, five years ago. I said, but if indeed Genesis is life from lifelessness, <laughs> they did not know what I was talking about, nor oh, did they appreciate it. There he is with a very blank expression that comes naturally to both of them. No. Oh, man. It's the day players are here. What? <laughs> Scotty. Put down the phaser. Scotty. 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 <laughs> Food and drink and happiness. <laughs> <laughs> Although this is a much better use of Scotty and stuff like in Wolf in the Fold, where, you know, or even Who Moans for Adonias, where they give him too much to do. Yeah. Like his best, the best episodes for him are like when he's on the bridge yep. trying to figure something out, like Taste of Armageddon, while, you know, the leads are down on the planet. Yeah, hiding his hand and not sitting in the chair. Sula, do you know who I am? I don't know who anyone is, Captain. That's why Relics was such a surprise because um you know i think scotty is best used in limited doses but he was really good in relics oh he was great he yeah was great. i really I, just just wonderful he had a joy de vivre about him and and uh a melancholy at the same time and yeah. just he was really good in it you know like george takei is here <laughs> i mean if george would just stop complaining i'd have a lot more respect for him because there's a lot i like about george and i, I mean I, obviously he was I like George very much, um, but then he he started to uh, he started to turn into this uh, into this thing that uh, is just it, it, it's like the uh, it's like the demon in uh, uh, the third season episode uh, where they're fighting, you know the uh, a devil in the dark. I mean, uh, day of the dove. Day of the dove. He's, yeah. He he thrives on attention. And yeah, on the confrontation. Yeah. On the confrontation, and the only way he gets attention is by, is by bad mouthing, which is amazing because here's a guy who had a, a show uh, a debut on Broadway about his yeah. being in an internment camp. He's he's gotten a lot of attention for his political, his politics. He's you know, a fascinating and, and individual. He really is. So I don't understand why he feels the need to constantly go back and attack uh, Bill. Well, I don't know. There's now that. Here, uh, there's that robe. Yeah, Gilligan's robe. <laughs> Gilligan's robe, uh, which is how they how they make that robe on the island. Uh, I think it was in a dream sequence where Gilligan was a magician and uh, did all sorts of fascinating things to the uh, castaways. I, I have to say, I really, I really like uh, Theo Marcuse in this episode. Yeah, he's very cool, and he's it's an interesting dynamic between him and uh, and. Uh, uh, Sylvia, Sylvia uh, Antoinette Bauer, yeah. Because yeah. Um, originally you think that he's the main baddie, and he's not. Yep. And that's kind of cool. I know. I, it's interesting. He's, you know, and you get the impression he doesn't even really like her. They were kind of stranded together, right, right? You know, and they don't really even like each other that much. And he, you know, and that, it's not even like he's jealous when she starts taking interest in Kirk. It's more like he's just like, He's, he's just annoyed. Yeah, he's just yeah. annoyed. 
what reason? Why? Oh, he's, he's definitely like a Bond villain. He kind of is like a Bond villain. He's kind of like Robert Carlyle and the world is not enough. And she's yeah, like Sophie bit. Marceau. <laughs> <laughs> Mapping expeditions have charted this solar system before. They never have been. I love when we meet aliens like this, that their surroundings are all a collection of stuff that they found in the in the prop house or the yep. uh, set dressing bins. Yeah. That uh, is sort of all a mixture of stuff. Well, it's so interesting, I mean, as an example of television there, because it was an expensive show, but even an expensive show then could only do so much compared to like now where it's like insane what, what people spend on television. Oh, so, yeah. you know, by nature, they had to use the studio props uh, that were on the lot. And, 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 you know, also TV was considered disposable. Exactly. It was considered entertainment. And, and you know, it, it, it would after it repeated, it would be forgotten about. I, I mean, it's incredible that 55 years on, half a century, more than half a century, the show endures. Yeah. And it holds up. Absolutely. I mean, you know, even even though they, you know, went and got the all the medieval flats they could find and set them yeah. up and, and put up the uh, the draperies to fill in the blanks, um, it's still it's still interesting to look at. It gives a good background to the characters. It makes you wonder what the hell is going on, and uh, it's uh, it's mysterious. Yeah, and the throw of the flames is really nice. You know, Fetterman using you know the fire, the pyro yeah. really helps. Doesn't take Spock long to figure out the transmitter, though. Yeah, well, Spock is smart. He's smart. Exactly. <laughs> I'm smart. I'm not like everybody says. <laughs> I was passed over. <laughs> I was Captain Spock. <laughs> oh, this. I'm 63 years old. You take care of me. <laughs> oh, doctor, do try the wine. You'll find it excellent. I'm surprised nobody's selling the transmitter as one of these, you know, authentic Star Trek props you can buy for. $299. Like a... I'd buy it. A Bluetooth remote or something. Yeah. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I bought the stupid Space 1999 Comlock and 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 uh, Phaser or whatever the hell it's called. It's Space 1999. I'd buy the transmuter. <laughs> I think a lot of people would. Yeah. All the, all the crystalline forms that you cherish above all things. Fortune of them for each. It is funny that they they just totally misread. I mean, obviously this kind of thing happens again, like with Gene, you know, Inspector of the Gun. Oh, we can only read part. Par, it's incomplete because we can only read part part of your thoughts. You know, yeah, well, I, I mean, yours shall be the pattern of your death. You know, sure. And and of course the, the same the same stuff happens with the Squire of Gothis. You know, yeah, exactly the same sort of setup. Yeah, where, yeah, yeah. Where aliens are kind of stupid. <laughs> but that's fine because they're flawed and even though they have immense power they don't know how to channel it yeah I mean it's amazing because Star Trek was so groundbreaking and it was doing stuff no show had ever done before so of course there are a couple of tropes that it starts to repeat over and over again and that was something that DC Fontana pointed Absolutely. out a memo to Gene Kuhn saying yep. you know how many times are we going to have Kirk talk a computer to death and a lot of these right. things we joke about now they knew even then were sure. getting repetitive I perceive that you cannot be bribed. <laughs> In many ways, you are quite admirable. It's it's funny when you think, you know, after you've seen the episode and you realize what these creatures are, this, this uh, you know, play seems infinitely more interesting. Mm -hmm. because, because uh, that's right. You know that they are completely inhuman. The cat and could have eaten them. Well, maybe it did. Uh, but <laughs> And here we go. Antoinette Bauer as uh, the lovely but slightly matronly uh, Sylvia. Yeah, yes. I mean, it's funny because this is like the one character like Kirk's not entirely into, right? You know, yeah. you get the sense that he, when he is trying to be seducer, it's she's, just because... She's presented like this knockoff, but she's kind of like a, a housewife from Indiana. Yeah, she's, she's not like, that there's anything no, no, wrong with that. I, no, no, but the housewife from Indiana dressing up as Elizabeth Taylor yes, in her prime. She's cosplaying as Elizabeth, <laughs> cosplaying Elizabeth Taylor. But she's not the real Elizabeth Taylor. Right. She's just the housewife from Indiana pretending to be Elizabeth Taylor. Right. 
Well, she's a pipe cleaner thing dressed up like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's true because there's just, you know, when you look at like, you know, all the Kirk's, uh, yeah, there's something just a little off about her. Yeah. As there should be. Exactly. But it's, it's, it's you know, very much the, the Halloween sort of thing where uh, yeah. these creatures are dressing up like humans and they don't really know how to do it. Don't move. <laughs> Get out of here. I think the uh, stunt choreographer spent uh, seconds uh, choreographing That's this flight. If not minutes. <laughs> she's good, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. She, has a, she has a great presence. And uh, a, a, a great firmness. voice. A great voice. Yes, she does. This is a great bit, too. I mean, obviously, you know, it's the same thing later on in Requiem for Methuselah, where right. he, you know, brings the Enterprise down. They threaten the ship via a model. But this is the first time they did it. I think it's cooler here. Well, I, I, I've always uh, coveted this little prop. And uh, finally, last year, I got one of them. Did you? Yeah. I didn't know they were available. I would like well, one. Well, you know, there's there's always uh, these little craftspeople working on Etsy and uh, other places. Oh, that's that cool. Make this stuff. Um, if you're listening <laughs> and uh, you want to take pity on me, I'd like one of those. It's my birthday, my birthday right before Halloween. So, in fact, you're probably listening to this on my birthday. That's when this episode <laughs> drops. So, Happy if you want to get me something, uh, you can get me one of those little enterprises that could hold over a candle. Like a candle. Candle sold separately. In the wind. This is so cool. I mean, this is so great. Yeah. And then, you know, they're burning up. Kirk to Enterprise, come in. You can see the controls are too hot to handle. Yeah. Enterprise. Captain We've seen that insert. That's right. Are you all right? Where are you? Here's Mr. DeSalle in charge. Because no one else can be found to take the chair. Who would be next in the chain of command? I guess it would be because Sulu's on the planet, Scotty's on the planet. Sulu's on the Boy, planet, Scotty's on the planet. Yeah. You know, I think Mr. Kyle is somewhere in there someplace. I know. It's too bad we never got, other than the animated series, got to see Ahura assume right. command. Right. Yeah, I mean, she would be great. She'd be a good captain. Captain Uhura. Still no interest. <laughs> <laughs> Channel bypass power into your heat dissipation units. You've already done it, Captain. What do you think I'm an idiot? What do you come on, Captain? I wasn't born yesterday. All right. All right. Uh, try not to burn up Kirk out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. Now available Lincoln Enterprises. <laughs> sure it was. I, I don't I, I I definitely think it was at the Federation training post. I don't know if Lincoln Enterprise made. Made one. Did you order much? I mean, I never had the money as a kid to like order much from Lincoln Enterprises. I, I, I never ordered anything from Lincoln Enterprises because I didn't know about it. Oh, I did. I used to get the catalogs because I used to get the Welk, Star Trek Well Committee. Well Committee, and, yeah. And that's how I found out about Lincoln Enterprises. And then I would get their little brochures. I think I knew about it, but California was so far away that uh, it was like a different universe to me. And well, I didn't have like a checking account or anything. Yeah, as a me kid. Either. I had like a Christmas, uh, like that Christmas plan where you put money sure, in and then right. Christmas it matures. But right. I didn't have like a checking account where I could no, like. No. And then, you know, you kids didn't have credit cards back then. No, no, no. Yeah, no, the, the only time that I, I got to have, uh, you know, stuff was uh, on the occasional trip to two guys or uh, into the city for a Federation trading post. Yeah. You kept Scott and Sulu as cat's paws. But I yeah, went I to. Federation Trading Post. My parent. Well, I, I went with my mother and my aunt once, and they just wouldn't spend the money I wanted them to spend. I was like, well, yeah. I think that's why I lavish all the stuff on my kids because, like, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I wanted a tribble, and they're like, we can make one of those. I'm like, no, I don't want you to make. One. I want to buy one. Yeah, I want a real one. I want a real one. I want a real tribble. Uh oh. I also have one in loose. Oh, this has the uh, the great line. I bet you credits Navy Beans. We can that's put right. a dent in it. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. That's my favorite LaSalle line. Yeah. There will be no search party, Captain Kirk. <laughs> See, it's also my favorite DeSalle line. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so DeSalle was also in uh, in Squire of Gothos. Yep. Yep. It's some kind of a force field, sir. 
So I guess he deals with these sort of uh, strange aliens with powers. Yeah, exactly. Creating some felicitations. What a great Superman he would have made. Totally. He has a George Reeves quality. Yeah. Uh, Very comic book-like uh, features. Oh, man. I, I don't envy uh, directing the scene. Look at how many principles you've got here. Well, around the you, table. You have Notice those. how they never sit down because the, the sitting right. down around the table is death. That's right. And they're all the one side of the line. That's okay. You don't have to have Scotty and Sulu in the shot at all. <laughs> I'm so mean to them. But yeah, look at that. I mean, that, that's a simple camera move that uh, lets you block out the uh, movement of a lot of actors at once. Yep. It's not easy. It, 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 it's, it's simple, but it's not easy. Right. Uh-oh. He always the third guy. Same thing in Return of the Archons. Always the next to go. He is also is always the first one to try the torture out on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like in the empath. Yeah. Poor guy. And it's real. Here we go. Oh, here it comes. It's real, it can be affected. You're affected. Engineering. Stand by to divert all power systems to the outer hull. Prepare impulse engines for generation of maximum heat directed as ordered. Zoom in. Can't break it. But I'll bet you credits to Navy Beans we can put a dent in it. Yeah! Oh, he, was, he was trying so style. hard for that, for that uh, you know, uh, secondary cast position. It just never happened. Never happened for him. But he was good. He was excellent. and uh, I believed him in command. Absolutely. Like, I'm sure there was a novel, Rob Burnett could tell us, where he was like the captain. Probably, <laughs> captain. A, probably a whole book series. Captain about, DeSalle. Uh, DeSalle. The Captain DeSalle Chronicles. Yeah. yeah. If there isn't, I'm sure there will soon be a show on the Paramount uh, Plus. Yeah. Isn't this interesting? Second season, they're still calling him an Earthman. He usually is a vestige of early first season. Right. You know, where, you know, Earthship, Vulcanian. But right. they'd, they'd gone past this. So it's, it's, it's interesting that Earthman slipped in there. They all belong to the Twilight Because even it would be a man from Earth. A human. Our conscious mind. And they missed. And they missed. <laughs> nice shot. Korob seemed quite puzzled by your reaction. Spock's putting it all together. Spock knows how to put the pieces together. I feel like we've seen the scene a couple of times. Spock figured out, and then McCoy, who's been... Uh, Possessed comes in. It's exactly. It's just like Return of the Archons, yeah, isn't it? It is. For any life form we've met in this galaxy, it's like the Star Trek Mad Libs. They got to stop showing this uh, skeleton in the foreground. It's just, it's, it's not helping. That's, that's the shot that we've seen a million times. That's the shot. That should be my screensaver. Totally alien. I said life force. She's, that's that's right. no girl. She's totally alien and totally deadly. Such an acute interest in our galaxy, our world, Spock. Not at all like friendly visitors. No, no, no ET. They're not botanists. A lot of talky talk in this. A lot. They're chained up a long time for a long time talking. You know. It, it's it is good though that the manacles have uh, soft pads on the inside for their hands. Yeah. yeah exactly. So they aren't hurt. Exactly. Up oh, here comes McCoy. This is another uh, uh, blooper reel oh. moment where yeah. Scotty trips and uh, everyone starts laughing. Yeah, yeah. Doing never forgave Bill for laughing at him. <laughs> so we get this exact same scene again. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly the same as Archons. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Ooh, he's getting rough. What do you prefer, Return of the Archons or this? This one. This one. Return of the Archons. Do you? Yeah, Return of the Archons for me is a really boring episode with a couple of good moments in it. This mm. is a, a, few, a few more good moments in a boring episode. I wonder what Landrew will have to say about that when we well, have him on the show. I don't, I don't really care what Landrew says. Landrew is not leading his people into a, a productive uh, lifestyle. <laughs> I don't know. I found the Red Hour so interesting. Yeah. That whole idea that, you know, it was the original Purge. 
Sure. I, I, so that was really interesting. And then, of course, you got to remember, this is before we knew everything was a computer. Like the right. first time you saw Return of the Archons and find out that Landrew is a computer, that was really interesting. Then it became De Gore for the show. But, right. you know, the first time you saw that, it's like Rosebud. It's like, wow. Oh, that's cool. And then also, I also thought that the, um, what are they, the guys with the with the tubes called? The, the um the, uh, uh, the lawgivers. The lawgivers. Law I thought those were creepy guys. I like those guys. Now look at this weird wide-angle lens thing. Squash you. Like a bug. Like a pipe cleaner. <laughs> look at that. I mean, that's that's a weird POV. Well, on him? Yeah, yeah but it's the, it's the lens. They're using they're using a really wide-angle lens to well, distort I, him. I know. It's cool. But why? Is that because that, that head? How, is that that Lex Luthor like head? Is that how the pipe cleaner beings see? I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe. Don't know. You think but it's her POV? It's not just an attempt to make him look weird. Oh, definitely. No, it's her POV. Okay. Um, but it's interesting. This, you know, this previous scene, basically, as pipe cleaners, they don't, uh, they don't feel, they don't feel emotion, they don't feel uh, sensations, and she's really digging it for the first time. She's, yeah. uh, she's yeah. feeling a little uh, randy, one might say. See, if I was doing this now, I, I mean. There's a story to be told about how Spock is all about suppressing emotion and he, he tries to avoid emotion and they're trying, they're desperate to, to feel emotion. They, yeah. they, they're the, the anti-Vulcans. Like there's something really interesting to explore there, I think. Sure. Let's, uh, let's pitch it in the uh, comic book uh, sequel. No, in, in your mirror, mirror versions of classic Star Trek sure. episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but I forget you're not a woman. But you're mistaken, Captain. But you're mistaken, Captain. I am a woman. Oh, woman. <laughs> and her dress is stuck in the chair. Yeah. <laughs> A world without sensation. Oh. And you, she, she's good here. She's really good here. Yeah, no, she is. Yeah. Why? Because you have knowledge which I lack, but where our abilities put together. She's uh, the first Karen. <laughs> I love this shot, too. Him spying. Yeah. From the from the, and it's just it's it's great. He's really and you can tell he's and I think Kirk's just faking it the whole time. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he knows, not remotely he attracted there. He knows what's going on, but yeah, he just closes his eyes and thinks of England. Is <laughs> a woman always remains a woman. What about Cora? <laughs> like ah. Now it's it's interesting to think what is Cora jealous of. Is he jealous of her or is he jealous of him? I don't think he's jealous of her. I don't think Corb's into her at all. Well, I, I think if anything, saying. he's into Kirk. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think he's into Kirk. Simply probe my mind and get what you want. No, not that. Not for you. <laughs> and I, I look. I think he 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 uh, he resents her, and he realizes what a danger she is. Absolutely. Absolutely. She could she could ruin the whole thing. Secrets you could learn. Think of the power that would be yours. Anything you can imagine. Boy, you are crazy. <laughs> I should introduce you to my friend uh, and you could do Shakespeare together. That's right. <laughs> or or Janice Lester. Or Janice Lester, yeah. And everything would be ours together. Never conceived of the idea of togetherness before. It excites. She's uh, she's having thoughts that she's never had before. Yeah. I wonder what kind of thoughts those might be. I mean, like this is a fine Halloween episode, but it's not a great episode. No. Closed mouth. But you know, this is this is a typical. You know, it's like it's it's a weaker second season episode, but that's fine because the second season is probably the greatest season of Star Trek ever Absolutely. produced. Absolutely. Ah. <laughs> yeah, we've seen this before too, haven't we? Um, yeah, something like this. Well, oh, that's a yeah, great, that's a great outfit. Well, sure, Bill Tice does it again. Yeah, this is that is not, wild. however. This looks a little like uh, what uh, Majel dressed at, at their wedding in Japan. I got that from Omar the tent maker. <laughs> Look at that pose. I know. God, he just knows how to how to hold the camera, doesn't yeah. he? Can you believe uh, 54 years later, he would be going up into space for real, weightless? No. Looking out the window down at Earth? I mean, it's incredible. I'm still in, in stunned disbelief. You have nothing like that where you come from. Nothing. 
She comes from a small town in Indiana. She has nothing like this. Nothing. There. She came in on the uh, Trailways bus. <laughs> I love the way that you do just full exposition. Yeah, without the transmitter, you can't do anything. Yeah. I need the transmitter. That's the source of all my power. Go on. Go on. <laughs> you were saying something about a transmitter? You haven't changed your mind. You won't return home. What happens when it runs out of batteries? <laughs> She's like, I use it for a great many things. Now, now. Uh, uh oh, now she's on to him. Took you long enough. You are using me. Yes, so. <laughs> Look at that face. What kind of face yeah. is that? It's amazing how much this episode is filmed in this great, great room. Oh, yeah. It's on a page. You are using me. Why not? You've been using me and my crew. It's interesting because, you know, usually at the beginning of the season, he's like in tip-top shape because he's been working out all summer. This is, he doesn't look great here, Shatner. Yeah, I think, I, think, uh, I think they spent more time lighting her than Shatner. Mm-hmm. Look at that. That is all kinds of crazy. She's That's well, Louise Fletcher. <laughs> I don't see any change. Oh, maybe they're translating Klingon. Look at the blue light. I know, coming. That's great. <laughs> this is a nice three shot, though. Yeah. You know, low angle, the, the, the light on, on Chekhov. I'd like to know what DeSalle is looking at. Yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> He's looking at the back of Chekhov's neck. Starting to weaken. Oh, Theo to the rescue. Karab has had some second thoughts about this whole thing. He's realizing that he's not going to be able to deal with Sylvia if she keeps this up. Although they would have freed themselves soon. <laughs> because Mr. LaSalle is doing a first-class job. Oh, so many things in so little time. Here. Here's your communicators. You may need them. May I have the transmitter? <laughs> They're not your men anymore. They're Sylvia's. No longer Sylvia. I can no longer control them. Sylvia? <laughs> you know, uh, you know the Karovs, Ken and Sylvia. <laughs> Herman, <laughs> Herman, Herman Karov, and his wife Sylvia. She's a great danger. And we're gonna live a real human existence. We're gonna move to the Catskills, and we're gonna a place, and well, timeshare. You came in a ship. Well, that's the alternate title for this episode: Catskill. <laughs> she means to destroy us all. Well, that's not yeah. a good plan. Quickly. <laughs> Let's go. But the cat is on to them. <laughs> Come. Dun, 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 dun. Is this why you wanted a cat, be honest? No, it had nothing to do no. with that. Oh, okay. Yeah, why would I want a cat if uh, it behaves as badly as this one does? Yeah, but anyway, it, it, it means well. At least it stays on the miniature set. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is so interesting that they had to build a miniature set to make the cat look gigantic. Yeah. Wow! <laughs> Why a cat? Racial memories. The cat is the most ruthless, most terrifying. I don't know about that, but uh, I think it's the most loving and adorable of animals. Well, remember in 2001, uh, they were attacked by that uh, puma. Whatever the heck it was. It's out of energy. She must have drained it. So to speak. We could have jumped Scott and Sulu at any time. We didn't know. I do not wish to jump Scott or Sulu, Captain. <laughs> it's my problem. She's one of my kind. Your kind? What the heck does that mean? Let me tell you of my people. King of the pipe cleaner people. There we go. Yeah, here's the miniature hole. Careful, right? don't knock over the walls, kitty. There we go. <laughs> I, I, I gotta admit, that's pretty cool. I mean, you know, this is all done practically. Of course. Yeah, we'll be safe in here. What? Yeah, it just came from here. Well, it's a different cell. Oh, oh, no, it's not. It's the same one. You think you can make it? Ready when you are, Kevin. Get ready. Who's gonna lift him? 
Now that's right. not very smart. No, not at all. I love now when they're going to fight Sulu and Scotty. It's okay. This is uh, this is a little not entirely successful. This little sequence here. No. Uh, oh, ow. Oh, ouch. Yeah. <laughs> Go. Leave him. Go. Cat screams continue tonight on Star Trek. Yeah. I wonder what those are the screams of, what they used for sound effects. Now, that was smart. He takes the transmuter. Yeah. Well. But it takes him a while to figure out what to do with it. Quickly, Captain. Said something about a transmuter. Well, you know, so did Sylvia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. And a bit more alacrity, if you please. That's a great line. <laughs> Up oh, here they come. Oh. Yeah, you're always lucky if you get to fight McCoy. Yeah. Well, that isn't even McCoy. Oh, look out. Scotty's, Scotty's got an axe. Scotty's cat-like reflexes. That's another. I didn't even know what McCoy's holding. Is that the transmitter? No, it was a it was a a, a mace of some kind. Oh, okay. See, how is George complaining? He gets to do all this kung fu. It's kind of like the same thing as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's where, almost you know, like, you know... Where Brad Pitt throws Bruce Lee into the car. Unfortunately, everyone wasn't kung fu fighting. That's true. Here's this famous shot from the, uh, <laughs> from the blooper reel where Kirk kicks it out of his hand and McCoy turns around and catches it again. Oh, That looks like the same weapons they use in Operation Annihilation. It probably is. Well, at least we found them. Fortuitous. Guys. That's a great line. <laughs> See, the, not a great episode, but that's a great line. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Where's the, where's the damn uh, magic wand? Most unpleasant situation, Captain. <laughs> Only your phaser had some power. Maybe we do. M NBC wishes you a happy Halloween with a special <laughs> episode of Star Trek. As the cast goes on a trick-or-treat trick. Trick-or-treat. Could have just walked around it, Captain. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like You throw me the transmuter, I throw you the idol. <laughs> so, yeah. Sylvia. Yeah, I don't, I don't like his hair here. <laughs> it's a little too tousled for you? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> You're very clever, Captain. Well, it's good on the Glorious Trexperts. We got one more episode of Bible Study with the original series. That'll be fun. Genesis. That's true. Don't let her touch the wand, Captain. Thanks, Spock. I know. <laughs> Either wand. <laughs> uh oh. So don't you get tired of We're back on this set? What's yeah. going on? I wasn't sure before, but I am now. This is the source of your power, isn't it? The no. transmuter. No. That's what she said. Director, the mind is the source. Mine is simple, but yours has the key, but you don't know how to use it. I catch on quickly. It is not too late. Just ask Parman. That's, that's a whole year and a half away. That's true. We need your dreams, your ambition. With them, I can build. Give me the transmuter. No. No. You fool. Don't you know what you're giving up? Everything that your species finds desirable. Look at me. I'm a woman. I am all women. Easy. <laughs> Watch out. The minds from them. You ask for love and return pain instead. Korob was wrong. I didn't destroy all your weapons. Give me the transfer. Here's a good uh, shot of the phaser. Yep. Coming up. Here all we the, go. All the prop makers uh, enjoyed. Oh. Well. How'd I get over here, Captain? Huh. Everybody's doing just fine. What happened, Jim? 
That'll take some explaining. What's going on? <laughs> Here we go. You know, I had a line, but Bill took it away from me. That's right. Now, the, the, I, I think this was good in the remastered. It was sort of like in War of the Worlds. They got rid of the... Yeah, they uh, took out the wires. The wires, which is good. I still think these are really cool. They're really cool, and the sound that they make... Is fantastic. Is fantastic. They are, uh, they're baby alligators who have just hatched. They make that sound. It's pretty cool. Oh, I mean, I always thought these were super creepy as a, as a, as a kid. I still think they're they creepy are. and weird. They are super they're so alien. They're so alien. Yeah, they're not bumpy-headed, like, like little nose crab, people. Little crab claws on them and, uh. Uh, and blue fluff. What the heck is going on? Character Enterprise. Whoops. And now Corb and uh, Sylvia, are, Sylvia are both dead, too. They're now... Uh, now, I'm surprised. Why don't they take them aboard to study? Yeah, to study. Because, nah. Because <laughs> like, you can't kill the city, eel. Because, yeah. you know, we would take it back to study. Well, Gene Kuhn didn't care. He'd leave him um, on the planet. He'd leave him on the planet to burn. Hell with him. Well, there you have it. <laughs> Trek or treat. That's, uh, Halloween that's episode. a little show called Star Trek. Little little show called, a little fun little show called Star Trek. For my money, it's the only love money can buy. <laughs> well, that was uh, a fun little trip uh, back in time and forward in time to uh, uh, Halloween. I, I miss doing these uh, treks with briefing rooms with you. you Why did Peter and Lisa get to have all the fun? Did you say you miss doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have another bottle of Scotty. Scotty. Have another <laughs> bottle of Scotty? Yeah. <laughs> a chocolate Scotty. Um, yeah, look, look, Peter and Lisa have had a lot of fun, but now their time is over. <laughs> We're back, baby. We're back. <laughs> We're like the dude in the neutral zone. We're back. <laughs> now we uh, we are going to have a uh, a uh, sort of a special edition of Trexpert's briefing room later on, probably around the new year. I'm guessing uh, where we're going to do Star Trek Three. Yeah, but you know, I want to point out that if you can't get enough of Darren and I talking about Star Trek, you'll want to join us uh, next weekend at the uh, November sixth at the Skirball Center in Los Angeles. That's where correct. Darren and I will be talking uh, with Trek enthusiast Scott Mance about Arena and Balance of Terror. Uh, and a rare theatrical screening of both episodes. Can we so, Yeah, I think I believe they start screening at 10 a.m. We'll probably go on after the screening. It'll be about 11.45. And uh, it'll be like uh, a Trexpert's briefing room, only uh, in person. I, I don't think we're going to be talking during the episode. We're no, talking we're talking. Afterwards. We're talking after, right? Yeah. You know, we're gonna. We want people. I'm going to be watching. Absolutely, we want people to have the full enjoyment of the episodes uh, there, because uh, you know, heaven knows, uh, some of them probably haven't seen them. You know, and we it's it's, it's want to make sure that they get to enjoy them. Well, I've never seen Arena on the big screen. I've never seen Balance of Terror on the big screen. Well, now's your chance to get away from it all. I can't wait. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be great. You know, and, uh, you know, we're going to follow them. We're going to fight. It's going to be great. <laughs> Both episodes, actually. It's about Kirk uh, being very, uh, very jingoistic. Uh, first uh, in Arena, he goes after the Gorn. Balance of Terror, he goes after the Romulans. Well, but remember, he was forced into both those situations. And I think his solution for dealing with them is uh, admirable. Had the virtue of never having been tried. So, uh, no, I, look, I agree. I mean, obviously, he did the right thing. You you know, sometimes, uh, you know, uh, you got to punch the bully in the nose. And if he had let the Romulans get away with destroying Hansen uh, and, and the neutral zone outposts, the Romulans would only be emboldened. So, uh, you know, and then the same thing with the Gorn. You can't let them destroy Cestus III and not do anything about it. Well, perhaps uh, they thought they were defending themselves when they attacked the outpost. Well, only in retrospect do we realize that. But at the time, <laughs> it's like uh, you can't let him get away with it. After all, he did set a great table. That's right. Okay. Well, listen, this was fun. And uh, I want to remind uh, fans, you can also listen to uh, Inglorious Trexperts every week. Uh, on uh, where available wherever you listen to podcasts. We want to thank Mark Rivera. Uh, for his great job uh, mixing uh, these Trexperts briefing rooms every week. I thank Peter and Lisa, who've uh, manned the con these last few weeks. And, and, and again, done a great job, and, uh, and their episodes are very fun. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, they've gotten some great guests and been really interesting to listen to. And uh, uh, of course, our sister podcasts. And uh, if you have any thoughts of future episodes you'd like to see on either of the, uh, the podcasts, uh, you can visit us on social media at Inglorious Trek on Twitter or Inglorious Trek Experts at Facebook and Instagram. Uh, but until then, we want to thank, of course, Mark Rivera, Bill Ritter, our producers, Zach Raggis, Peter Holmstrom, and Natalie Miscali. And uh, we'll see you again soon in the briefing room. But until then, the briefing room is closed. Mr. Scott, what do you repeat what you just told us? About an hour ago, the bridge control started going crazy. Levers shifting by themselves, buttons being pushed, instrument readings changing. And on my monitor screen, I can see Mitchell smiling each time it happened. As if his ship and crew were almost a toy for his amusement. This show was produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.